nosotros trabajamos duro. Oye, bienvenidos, nosotros trabajamos duro. Oye, su eros aquí con Brett Buda. And we're going to bring it to you in English now for everyone watching and listening. <laughs> Brent Buda is a comedian. He is a writer, director, has a smashed short film. Am I right? Claim uh, short film, yes. It's called Smash, right? <laughs> What's it called? Last Call. Last Call. I'm sorry. I got a friend that's smashed. But anyway. Um, <laughs> what is smashed? <laughs> it's, it's a film that is going to be being premiering here on the 20th that I got to go to. So, like, Last yeah. Call, Smashed. I don't know. It, I, they kind of involve the same thing. That'd be a great thing. double feature. <laughs> Almost, yeah. or just like a like a little short, like, like they used to do back in the days when they had matinees, like in the fifties or sixties, or like the cartoon short, but it's a live action. But it, it it would be really disturbing if like if Smash was a comedy. Is it a comedy? I'll have to watch it. You were the one to tell me about it earlier. You know, uh, you want to talk a little bit about it? Uh, get you Last talking? call. Yeah. Yeah, about so, Last Call. Yeah, Last Call was a movie I made uh, when I was still a student at Santa Barbara City College. Uh, it was about it was about twelve minutes, and it was it was cool because um, what ha what happened was like in the in the classroom, you know, uh -huh. it was for it was a student film that got attention like in other film festivals. Well, tight. But in the Film students tend to really think too big <laughs> for the stuff they shoot. I mean, at least that was the case at Santa Barbara. Mm. Like there was this one kid that. So what you had to do? It was a kid. It was a class of I think like 30, 30 students. Yeah. And they each had to write a screenplay. Mm, like that okay. was under twenty minutes. And then we would have to vote on the screenplay, and the best two, the, those would get made, and the rest of the students had to help the writer, who was going to be the director, okay. make the film. And so. One, I was the only student that had a writing partner that wanted to be a producer, who was my buddy David, David Green. Okay. Shout out, he's a solid, solid producer. And we both, and so we both wrote Last Calls based on a short story I wrote called The Bartender. Mm, okay. And the way how I got it made was because one, it just took place in one location, you shoot it very low budget, with a solid, like, thriller kind of story. And like, that's one of the reasons why it got made, and okay. why people wanted to do it, because like, oh, this is... This is doable. This is filmable. We could film this tomorrow, and that's how it got made. That was the first. That was the first uh, time that class ever had three movies being produced at the same time. Hold tight. Yeah. It's all, yeah, but I hated my professor. <laughs> Fuck De Vega. De Vega. Yeah. That's the professor. Uh, yeah, he loved messing with Swedish students. <laughs> There's a notorious story about that guy. Oh man, I don't blame him. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, no, I don't blame him then. I don't blame him there. Like, I give props to that guy <laughs> for there, but he was a dick. Oh shoot! But like, talk, tell me about De Vega. Did he ever direct anything big in the past? What did he do? Like, I mean, I, he was your like I, I hope teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so I, like, I have no idea what his credits were, but huh? he had it in for me, and he favored the Swedish kids a lot. Uh, but last chicks only or uh, Swedish students. Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's maybe, a lot of Swedish kids. I think it sounds like he must have been racist or something. Not like racist, that. he just had his preference of Sweden, I guess. Uh, but but uh, he was, it sounds like he was Italian, though. De Vega has to be an Italian last name. Yeah. 
I think I think I think the beef was because he was Sicilian uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm Naples. Right, right. That beef. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit rolls downhill, they say. But yeah, so it was a film noir. No, okay, tight. It was a, a tight film noir. There's a twist ending, so I don't want to give too much away. But the basic theme of it is like a a, a girl takes care of her drug addicted sister that's trying to come off a of heroin. She comes back getting a bunch of detox tea and whatnot, and finds her sister beaten to death and just finds a matchbook to a bar called the Dandelion and then the story and then that's when the story takes place and she's investing and she's just asking questions around at the bar where she was last seen oh no 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 okay that sounds good that's interesting I like that already yeah that has like a classic kind of more feel to it it's in color it's in color but and that was a lot of fun to shoot and that was the first time I was shot with money we raised like uh, I want to say like under two grand to shoot Holy it. Shit. Okay, now did you go on like Kickstarter to do that? What'd you do to like raise that amount of yeah, money? Yeah, we kickstarted like a GoFundMe. Uh, D David like ran like that whole stuff. He, he was good at And like I think a, a young lady uh, named Delai was great, was awesome. I think she does Instagram modeling now. Really fine Turkish chick. Holy and, shit. And but smart as a whip. And it's okay. like a great assistant. Uh, she was an assistant producer, and they both were great at finding money for, to make that, help that get made. And the whole crew was great. Oh hell yeah! No, that's really tight. Yeah, uh, we had to let one guy go. We had to let one guy go because I feel such a hypocrite hit now. Because since I'm sober, out of my cocaine and dr oh, no. and drug years, like this <laughs> yeah. behind me. We'll get to that in a minute. Right. But we had to let this guy go. Because he kept showing to, showing up to the set late, hungover, had so many excuses. I'm just like, no, you, you got to I had to cut the cord on that dude. Oh shit! So he would just sort of like it was too often. He would just show up like all the time. Yeah, like, and, and like at that time, I was doing you know I wasn't a saint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. I was drinking like after hours and shit right. like you, that. You, you were basically Keith Richards though and this dude's Brian Jones like <laughs> showing up late. You know <laughs> yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like, you're keeping it together for the did. most part. Like there's work being done but this is like... Uh, and we're getting to an analogy part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. So we talked about your short film there. Uh, what was it that got you into film in the first place and directing? Because we both have like that similar interests and I feel like anyone in the art world kind of like wants to go the rock and roll party lifestyle like was that kind of in there in your vision too with like directing and entertainment oh, well, and vision well I mean the part the party stuff came later but right. love the cinema like I just remember like always loving movies like I wasn't really into sports mm. like not into that stuff not into cars but I was always heavily into movies growing up like I found out what filmmaking was when I was eight uh, it was uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong is what turned me on to oh, like, okay. the idea of filmmaking. Because they had that like four-hour documentary on like post-production, production, and uh, all that stuff. And it was gotcha. just like it took you through and you figured out like and it explained like basically what a director does and all that stuff. And it was cool. And it was really cool. And like doing all the behind-the-scenes footage of Andy Serkis like in the <laughs> Kong suit and oh, the CGI yeah. shit. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, Annie Zergers is like constantly in a CGI suit. <laughs> can't find a bet. I can't find a better fucking, uh, you know, live, uh, live Look, caption like right actor, actor like, that's you know, like from Planet of the Apes to you know he got Planet of the Apes from King Kong. He played a monkey so well. <laughs> yeah, I was well. King Kong came out. Like came that was, after Planet of the Apes. That was right? way before Planet of the Apes. 
like right. bit, like Rise of the Planet of the Apes. That was out mm. in 2014. Oh damn it! See, I'm playing. I'm thinking of the one with Mark Wahlberg in it because I thought Andy Serkis was in fuck that the one wall, too. Fuck the Wahlberg. Well, I got a lot one. of love for Tim Burton, yeah. but we can't. We, we try. We all try to forget that uh, you know Abraham Lincoln <laughs> was a thing. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That, that scene made, was that about, made no sense. <laughs> yeah, he travels in time and he comes back and then there's that. But for some reason, I thought Andy Serkis like kind of was in that movie as well. But this is how stuff just like cinema just blends in with me. But yeah, I already yeah. saw the Mark Wahlberg movie a couple of times. When I was younger, but Tim, Ro- I did like that one. All right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but Tim Roth really carried that movie. Tim Roth was. I see. That's what I'm saying. It was such a long time ago. Tim, I've seen Tim Roth was the was the main evil ape. Oh, uh, he was. See, okay, he was the I, general ape. See, this is me. Like, just probably hating that, like, Britain right that, now. Kind of like, now, like that was see, breathing like he had asthma. <laughs> right. Like, Starching of apes. He wanted to like, be Batman. Like, he, he, yeah. <laughs> he, he was Batman of the ape world. Yeah. But see, that's me. Just like now, like, generalizing British people, I guess, because that's why I'm confusing Andy Circus with Tim Roth. It's because, it's because it's like just British people playing monkeys. British you know, people playing monkeys. That's what I'm saying. Well, they thought they were all powerful and had an empire. How that's happened, not, and look what happened to you. How is that a not like a little hipster band in Brooklyn's name? Like British people playing ape, British people apes. <laughs> well, there is that uh, punk band called the the Monkeys, the Mummies. The mummies, and, yeah. and they and they oddly enough they have a song called "You Have a Right." It's, I've, it's, I've used this song on the podcast. You have a right to party on the planet of the apes. Oh, that's it's wild! Such, it's such a great song, man. But I thought they were a British or Scottish band, but no, they're from like San Francisco, dude. Oh, cool! And they're <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the mummies are awesome. Um, but anyway. Talking about Peter Jackson, and this all we'll bring it back to like directing, and I want to like kind of get continue on that. But I remember because I always love watching behind the scenes footage, and that was uh, really got me inspired into movies and stuff like that too. Um, but I remember behind the scenes of Lord of the Rings, like the Two Towers or whatever, and uh, Elijah Woods talking to Sean Astin or whatever, and they're kind of like talking about it after they like filmed or whatever, but they're like. Andy Serkis is like chasing like I guess a CGI fish or I don't know if it's a real fish or whatever but but he's sliding it's a, it's he's, a tennis ball yeah okay <laughs> whatever like it is ball. okay right it's a CGI fish yeah. he's, he's he's a dog chasing the tennis ball down the creek but anyway he's sliding down there I remember like uh, Elijah and Sean Astor like man this guy's like nuts like that water's like 20 degrees and here he is like doing multiple takes just splashing down this thing yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I love buying the scenes. Oh yeah. man! So yours started with Peter Jackson and King Kong specifically, which inspired me to make my first movie. I, my mom had a little like you know the you know the little like flip Sony cameras that were out in like the two thousands. Yeah, yeah, they were like that. Yeah, exactly. I know what you're and talking about. And they had about. a little flip on it. I made a little stop motion. Yeah. Because they had they had the King Kong action figure out at the time. And I had Tyrannosaurus Rex, so I made like a jungle diorama, and then I oh, did a little, tight. little stop motion fight scene. It took me, uh, this little eight-year-old kid, nah. like how hard CGI really is, because it looks crappy. <laughs> like, you know, one frame he just moves, another frame he's right there. Yeah, and then yeah, the yeah. Arms up. <laughs> but I was eight. So. It's, it's always the beginnings of uh, yeah. stop animation. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's one thing too. Like I love watching stop animation, even if it's like kind of the crappy kind, which oh, is yeah. like I would consider. Um, 
what like that music video for Alice in Chains. It's like stop animation. It's kind of crappy, but kind of good. It's not right. meant to be Tim Burton. It's not Nightmare Before Christmas or anything. Oh, let's but, talk about Nightmare Before Christmas. All right, let's talk about ever going about animation, dude. <laughs> like. Uh, until I watched the documentary on how long it took them to make that fucking movie. I haven't watched that documentary. Like, it just it really makes you appreciate a full-length stop-motion movie, because it took them, like, two and a half years to Jesus shoot that. God, yeah. And it was, like, $9 million was their budget. It's just, like, you don't think stop-motion puppets and all that stuff would raise up to, like, $9 million. No, not really. I mean, I... <laughs> me, you have to pay me a high number to be like, because after, after a month, I know I'd be like, Yo, and you have to move like an arm, like half an inch for it to like fully sync up, like each frame. Yeah. Like just like half an inch here, half, or even just a centimeter. Yeah, just to get pain. the motion together, and that's like a day's worth of footage just to get one guy's leg to move forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like all that, like that's what I'm saying. I don't think I'd have the patience for it. I love yeah watching it. And it, all that. That's what I'm saying. Like, it makes you appreciate yeah, the final exactly. product so much more when, like, how much work and, like, how much patience it takes just to get, like, the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, I would like to talk, because I feel like if you're doing stop animation, not just directing it, but, like, working the, I think, the puppets or the pieces, more or less, mm -hmm. you have to have, like, just a love for that art. Oh, yeah. Me, like, again, I have an appreciation for it. I don't know if I can call that a love because, like, me, I'm like. I'm bored with this today, guys. Like, I gotta, I gotta go film like a shootout on a beach or something. Yeah, no, yeah. I got, I, with I actors, do... I don't have to physically move. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. That would be me. I think it's like, I, yeah, just because. Yeah. Again, I know I'd be mentally, but like, is that something you feel like you could do? Stop motion. Yeah, I wanted to do stop motion. Oh, okay. Like in high school, is when I got really into Tim Burton. Oh, it was all right. Like high school. And when I, that's when I no, noticed like the film that got him an apprenticeship at Disney that he made. Right. It, it was called Vincent. It was just a little stop motion thing to a poem he wrote. And uh, it was like black and white. Like it looked, I think I've seen this it one. It was like a precursor to Frank and Weenie, that style. Right, black I and have white seen this. with the bags under their eyes, like very gothic. Right, right. And it's like, I love, you know, I always like heavy metal music and like, you know, dark stuff, Rob Zombie. Like I always right. felt. And it's always crazy because people that love heavy metal music usually also love horror movies. Yeah, it's such yeah, a yeah. There is like it's a... such a marriage between the two, and like that's what I wanted to make. And I wrote a poem uh -huh. to make it for it, and I did storyboards hmm. for it. I just never got to filming it. Huh, that's interesting. I still can't, I couldn't tell you what the name or even what the poem was about. But <laughs> yeah. right, I, I'm trying to think. Me, when I was younger, like I was like a pussy. Like I hated horror. But I loved Halloween. There was weird. Uh, I remember I never wanted to watch the movie Hellraiser like that. Like just seeing the image of the dude with the pins in him. I remember like seeing the the doll, the doll, right. like the toy doll was cool. But like just seeing the cover with the dude in the pin, I'm like, I, I, I can't handle yeah, this. Yeah, you can't handle Pinhead. <laughs> yeah, I could, like that was too much for me at the time. And when you realize that Clive Barker was gay. That makes sense, in, in like all the uh, so, yeah. uh, S and M like imagery. Yeah, there is like a lot of that like weird sexuality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what it, it's Hellraiser is basically like almost like, like a, a snuff film for intense S and M. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, it's not a snuff film at all. It's like, a really like, great movie, but like you know, because the whole thing's about torture and the right. whole thing is like 
pleasures beyond your imagination. They're always saying. Yeah, there's like love of like pain, like physical yeah. torture, and like, like the leather outfits. It's all like you know sadomasochism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like Rob Halford should be in there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great if he showed up. Just <laughs> like he's just like in there smoking a cigarette. Like, well, play my I'm show. here to play. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Halford would dominate Pithead, though. I could just see him, like, oh, my God, dude, this is, like, a fucked up thing. Uh, if someone does a video of, like, some um, movie of, like, them doing, like, something, they need to have, like, like Rob Halford, like, on, like, Pithead, like, just bashing the pins in his head or something like that. Dude, you know, if they, they make a lot of porn parodies. I haven't seen that porn parody Oh, uh, so if anyone who watches this is probably going to come now, just, um... Uh, Please make a porn no parody. No pun intended on the uh, one I just used. But um, you don't have to give me credit for it, but some payment would be, you know, uh, all I appreciate. <laughs> I, I, I would like, <laughs> I would like, <laughs> yeah. oh, creative rates. I don't, need, I don't need credit for it, I just need the payment. I need everything I can get, dude. I'm yeah. just, uh, that's why I'm here. <laughs> but no, uh, with horror, I really didn't like it, but I loved... Um, Halloween as a kid, and this probably is like where I really first got into acting because I remember um, one Halloween I'm outside my grandfather's house, and I have I'm dressed up as the Grim Reaper, and somehow I have I, this like the cognitive recognition just comes in that it's like, hang on a second, I'm like, you know, I'm about the same size as like a doll that you'd get as a Halloween decoration. I'm gonna go out there and see if I can scare people if they'll think that I'm just a statue. And I got, like, 9 out of 10, and, like, and this could be the beginnings of, like, this is definitely the beginnings of acting, I think, but this could be the beginnings of comedy, because, again, I'm just Because, <laughs> again, I'm just, like, busting people, and I'm like, here's where I love the brothers, because, you like, the black people didn't get, the black people didn't get scared at all. It was, like, a group of, like, five black kids, and, like, I did whatever, I was like, Ugh. and they're like, man, you don't scare us, and they just knocked on the door, like, yeah, you drink a treat, you got candy. And they left. Uh, and then I remember this, like, one girl was dressed up, like, as, like, a fairy or whatever. And she's coming town, and she's got a little wand in the trick-or-treat bag here. And she would just take a couple steps, and she'd stop. She'd take a couple steps, and she'd stop. And her mom is, like, up by the tree watching. And she probably doesn't know if it's, like, a pro someone's going to jump. She's probably waiting to yeah. see what happens. She might have thought it was, like, one of those, like, animatronic things that's going to go... Bleh. But anyway, the girl comes up, and I just, like, do my move or whatever, and she, like, freaks out, but the mom comes out and gets sold. But anyway, <laughs> like, that, that was, like, my love every Halloween, man. Like, I love doing that. But right. then at some point, I Halloween ended up, like, to this day is still my favorite holiday. Really? Just because I'm too, so... Man. Hell yeah. Just because I'm so in love with horror cinema, especially really? now more than ever. Ooh, okay. Like, the first horror movie I ever really saw that scared me mm -hmm. was when I was 13. I saw the first Friday the 13th. Mm. The, the only scene, the one scene that scared me is like, you know, Kevin Bacon's just done, like, fucking some chick, he lights up a joint, <laughs> he's laying on the bed, and then that arm comes out of nowhere and stabs him through the bed. That scared the shit, I couldn't sleep well for a night. That is I, a always, good... I constantly had to look under my bed. But you know what's funny? You know what got, you know what got me to sleep? What is it? <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne's Greatest Hits. <laughs> Well, like, you think like, it would do the opposite? You think it would do the opposite, just amplify the horror, but it's just like, no, this 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 guy probably scares Satan. I love it, you like basically do what Halloween is, like, I want to use something scarier to scare away the... Yeah, yeah, what's... what's Dracula doesn't want to come around Ozzy. No, yeah, no, Ozzy would, like, if he... Dude, if Dracula turned into a bat, Ozzy's just coming in, <laughs> exactly. biting heads. <laughs> yeah, right? Dracula wouldn't step a fucking yeah. foot near like Ozzy. Ozzy's like, oh, been there, done that. <laughs> Ozzy would be the only person Dracula had to put a restraining order on. Yeah, 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 for real. <laughs> and, he, and there's no way in hell he's going to suck his blood. 
Yeah, it's right. Like, I'm not gonna roll the dice on that motherfucker. Like, yeah, he would just be dead. Yeah, <laughs> Dracula would be like, whoop, but it, gun. Yeah, it like it was like uh, oh, fucking Dracula turns into cocaine. Like, all oh, she's like, oh, we got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's the funniest thing. Like, that's yeah, that's what my mom's reaction was to. She's like, just listen to music if it freaks you out. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it freaks you. It's out. like, what got you to sleep? I'm like, Ozzy. <laughs> I was wondering, like, that would scare the shit out of me. Like, have you heard B Black Sabbath? I'm like, exactly. You gotta, you gotta outscare the evil. Like, yeah. You gotta fight evil with evil. <laughs> Shoot, that reminds me of, like the time. Like if I, I like if I played fucking hoodie and the blowfish, like to go to sleep. That's that's just gonna and that's yeah, just gonna yeah, want yeah. evil to come and fuck with you. Like <laughs> yeah, it's like oh god no. <laughs> I'm not playing black eyed peas. Like it's, right. It's, no, I want to. you know the devil's in their dance, and it's like, uh, what is? I want to out evil the evil I'm afraid of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so like, play me some Ozzy, play me some Rob Zombie, like right. Marilyn Manson. <laughs> that that was crazy too. Like there was a lot of music that at the time. I'm trying to think what I listened to too when I was younger. I liked a lot of not really rap, but like more like arm like R and B. R and B. I guess yeah. yeah. R and B slaps, dude. Right, but real quick, I still want to keep it in the vein of. Halloween, a film that we were talking about because it's oh, like yeah. still... Oh, yeah, well, that's a classic, dude. <laughs> what, like... what do you think about Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween? Bring it back to mold it into music and horror. I'm honestly not too big a fan, but I'll watch it in a sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's a... I think it's not my favorite... There's, I, I love, I, I, there's elements of it I like. Yeah, there's, it's, good, it's, there's it's, good scenes in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's elements of it I like that I can appreciate, but yeah. then I don't... You know, he get criticized a yeah, lot. Then, for then, like, but but whenever Michael Myers shows up after, who's the is a big mom? Who's the dude that he's like you're messing with Big Jake or Big Mambo or somebody like was that? Was that the dude that was in the bathroom? Yeah, that he yeah. yeah, that's like the best scene. Like Ken Foray is like one of the greatest actors of all time. Like yeah. uh, Ken, I'm gonna isn't that I got the a same script. Guy? I'm gonna send you something. Isn't that the same guy that was in the original Dawn of the Dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, exactly. He, he was, was in a lot of things. He was in Keenan and Kel as the dad. I didn't realize this until oh, wow. like recently. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like and like that was like one of my favorite shows. Like growing up, it's that's so amazing. Like when you see actors, that you're just like, man, this has like been in everything. And then like now, it's like, what? That's a great character. I yeah, love. Yeah. That's why I love character actors. They're, they're so the much. best ones. They're they, the best they really ones. Are. I want to believe. I don't want to see the character. I don't really want to see the actor. I want to. I want to respect and love the actor. Yeah, because I like, don't want to see the actor. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like Leonardo DiCaprio. He's a great actor. Yeah, yeah. I love his movies. But like every character you're playing, you're like oh, that's Leo playing this character. That's sort that's, of. Well, that's but, I, but in, in the Departed, though, I really bought the character more so than seeing Leo in the card. I think that was the first. That was. I think that's. And that's, no, that's no, 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 fair, no 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 no. That's a fair. That part. one. That one and oh Jesus Christ, he deserves credit for Gilbert Grape though. Everyone watches over that. People forget about yeah. Gilbert Grape. Like, like he was top of the line in that. But I'm trying to think is yeah. Now I think he's probably just like you know what I want to play me. I want to be with and maybe not really play him. But I I can see what you're saying with that. But what's the other movie that Gangs in New York? That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, and, that's a great movie. Well, yeah. da well, Daniel Day Lewis steals yeah. that. He steals that. He steals the screen every every single time he's on. Yeah. When I'm watching Games in New York, I, I just want like, all right, Leo, we get it. Your your method. You're playing that Irish guy. Let's get yeah, to it. Yeah. Then I want Bill. I want more Bill the Butcher. When I'm watching that movie, I want yeah. to see more Bill the Butcher. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Like that, he's got that wooden eye. You with know, that American like the, uh, the eagle. Yeah, eagle it, it, it's great. Oh, it's great. It's fucking great, but I, to, the embarrassing thing about that movie, and I love anything Scorsese does. Yeah. But, you know, Paisan. You know, I'm Italian. If the audience doesn't know, <laughs> but he's a 
great filmmaker, but the embarrassment of that movie was Cameron Diaz. <laughs> Leonardo who slapped her around. Who fucking believes her as an Irish lady in 1800s? I didn't buy... I, <coughs> I just think she was wrong for the part. And she got... A lot I don't of, know. I like Cameron Diaz. I like Cameron... I'm not saying I don't <coughs> like Cameron Diaz. I just don't think she was right for that part. That's at least I'm my, trying to think who they could have gotten opinion. to be in that role then. Because like, I really like Cameron Diaz in that role. I just think it's like funny that, like, no, she is good in that role. Because, like, that scene to where she's like, I don't know which one is yours. And she's all being, like, bitchy to him. And it's like, man, there's a lot of high energy in that scene. Like, they're both, like, annoyed with one another right there. But right. it's like, they kind of just want to, like, that, like, the animal tension, instinct But the tension's rising. Yeah, like, the animal instinct is, like, they want to fuck. But yeah. it's like, I don't really like you. You know what <laughs> I mean? But, like, goddamn, this yeah. body's banging. And when they're finally banging, it's, they're still arguing. Yeah. And they're still getting that's, at each other's throats. And that's just Irish. That's the they've that, been drinking that's that the whiskey. Most, they gotta, yeah, that's the most romantic, <laughs> hate-fucking scene I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but what I was getting at with character actors, maybe Leo. Leo's got some parts where I believe him. Departed's a good one because I do believe him, like uh, as that character. Like I see him as that character. I yeah. see the character. I don't see Leo. Right. Like he played it with such grit, and it was like different. Was but Wolf of Wall Street, I see Leonardo DiCaprio playing that character. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like everything after that, it's Leo playing that. Yeah, right. But right. like you have these character actors that pop up. Not a lot of people know their name, and they don't want to because they just see the character. Yeah, yeah. On screen, and they get attached to the fictional character rather than it's that actor. Right. And I love recognizing those those actors because they're so obscure. Like, when you know their name, and it, though it's always like, you know, oh, it's that guy from that movie, it's that guy from that movie. Yeah, yeah. But you just believe them, like, when they're in that movie, they are that character. Yeah. Yeah. John Favreau is a good character actor, too, and he kind of has that, even though he's kind of well-known in a sense, he can also blend in. He yeah. kind of can chameleon, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and you know who's, uh, I think, one of the best character actors working today, and I can never remember his name. Um, he's an Italian actor. Uh, he was, uh, did you ever see, uh, The Rum Diary? Yeah, was he the dude that played, like, um, oh, I know who it is, did he, he played, uh, the, the crazy person. Yeah, he played that, the crazy person yeah, he that was, was in, drunk and, like, that was oh, always yeah. drunk no, all the time. I know, I know yeah, that I came know by exactly. with the That came by with the Bacardi plants. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that actor. Yeah, no, he's great. Up, I, know, I know exactly. We gotta look up what his name is. Like, he, I know, um, I enjoy I, yeah, watching because him. Because he's in Saving Private Ryan and all that. Yeah, and, well, that's Wade. What that's what I'm saying, like, every single time he's on screen, I just see the characters he's playing. Yeah. And he's really good. Uh, shout out to this new series. Have you ever seen The Offer? Heard of The Offer? I've heard of it. I just haven't. Yeah, that's the Godfather one. I need to watch oh, that. It's, I'm obsessed with it. Who it's, plays Coppola? Oh, uh, he does a good job, surprisingly. He's usually huh. uh, like a funny actor. Um, uh, did you ever see Fanboys? Yeah. Like the Star Wars guys? It's the. Uh... It's the fat one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's I that think guy. He, he's in. I think he's. He's in. What, that Fantastic Beasts and all that stuff, too? He's in that, right? Yeah, he is. Okay, cool. Actor. Yeah, he's another great character actor. That's That's a good, yeah, guy. he's another great character actor, too. But he does a really good job of playing Coppola. And Dude, it's like, I, I need to watch that. And it's that. like the first, like, the actual serious... Not so serious, but, like, the first time he's not, like, a bumbling buffoon. Huh. And I think he's happy. He, he looks like he's having fun playing Coppola. And 
Dude, he does a good, you know, he's like the same build-up as Coppola back then, and he had a beard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He does a good job of playing, like, a frustrated director, because Coppola was so frustrated during the making of that movie. Dude, that's why the shit, because I read the book. There's a book that's out about the chaos. I need to that read movie. that, then. I, didn't, I know that his wife pretty much well, covered but, everything. Well, that's what the film series is based on, and it's, like, all true, the stuff that was, like, that's the movie that saved Paramount from bankruptcy. And yeah, that's huge, right. Like, yeah, he pretty much had to make that movie, was but he was huge, like, "I don't want to do this." <laughs> well, he didn't want to do it. Yeah, he, but his business, American Zoetrope, the studio he started in San Francisco with Lucas. Oh, they were running out of money, and so he needed. He want. He yeah, like the, Luke, he finally Lucas basically told him, hey, told yeah, him "I think you need. We, to. You need to do this. We need the money." Yeah, right. So, Coppola did The Godfather for just for the money. <laughs> yeah, pretty much Han Solo all the way. But then, like, as he was starting to, then like the show, as the show goes, and interviews of Coppola went. Once he started getting more involved in the process, he got more passionate about the story. When he started realizing the subtext, what The Godfather should be about. Right. Yeah. And you can yeah. tell that through the make. Once you know that, you can tell because there's passion. A lot of passion. In no, hundred percent. There's a reason why it's like one of the best movies of all time. And it's so iconic. Yeah. You don't yeah. even have to see The Godfather to quote The Godfather. Yeah. That's exactly. how iconic like that movie is. No, hundred percent. Oh yeah. And but you know uh, all those actors, they were nobody except for Brando. Yeah. Pacino, and, and, and nobody in the studio didn't even want Brando in that. Oh yeah, because he was notoriously difficult. And yeah, exactly. The show covers this, and the book covers this. Frank Sinatra was infuriated by the Godfather by the book. Oh yeah, because like because it make well because he's supposed to be uh, what's his Johnny name? Fontaine. Johnny exactly, and he was pissed. And uh, they're trying to say it's a fictional character, and Johnny Fontaine's in two thirds of the book. Like it's mostly about Johnny Fontaine and the debauchery that guy gets into in the book. Right, and right. And it's great. I, that, that could be a whole separate movie, just like the Johnny Fontaine story. They probably should do that, man. Uh, but, yeah, but he was notoriously a big part of, like, trying to get that movie shut down. And, you know, Brando was in Guys and Dolls with Sinatra. That is and right. they had a feud going on. I didn't know that. And the only reason why Brando said yes to do it was because he wanted to piss off Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome, that's man. That's just so gangster. Dude, that's how like old Hollywood was doing it. Because oh. they, they, everybody hated everybody. If you, they didn't get along, it's like either they love... It's like... Um, Especially Brando, because he, he was like... He started the whole method acting craze. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He paved the way for like, you know, people like Pacino and right. all that. All that stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Brando pretty much changed up everything, but that also comes from um, and that was what like, Eliza Kazan and like yeah. who else? Like, because there was um, well, who no? Um, and Pacino was just a theater actor at the time. Yeah, the exactly. They all started on the, the theater. The studio did not want Pacino at all. Really? You know, they, they gave they gave the producer a list of people that want that wanted to play Michael, and Robert Redford was on. Yeah, that yeah, list. yeah. No, I remember. That Robert. would be such a. Can you imagine? Yeah. If they put Robert Redford. Who's gonna buy Robert Redford as Michael? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I know that like Coppola talks about like there's Northern Italians yeah. and everything like that kind of look like I guess me in a sense. But, yeah, there can Yeah, there are like. Uh, but it's like that wouldn't really work for the Godfather. No, that wouldn't. No, because they're, they're Sicilian. They're all Sicilian. Yeah, which yeah. They're, you know, dark hair, dark skin. Right. And uh, who they also wanted to play Michael on that list was James Caan. Well, they and they also had James Jack Con Nicholson to play Michael uh, as well. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. they wanted Nicholson, and that um, would be wild, though. I would like, <laughs> I would like to see a test footage of Jack Nicholson <laughs> playing, uh, playing Michael. Yeah, 
don't ask me about my business, Kate. <laughs> Can you imagine? Fucking, uh, but yeah, James Caan was supposed to be <clears throat> Michael, and uh, Coppola just, like, was furious because he wanted Italians to play Italians, and he compromised with Caan being Sonny. Yeah, well, which Marlon was, Brando's uh, Irish, though, too. Well, he, but, no, he's Polish. Uh, oh, I thought, I think he's a combination of the two, isn't he? Uh, he was mainly Polish, I think. Uh, either but way, that, whatever. But Brando was Coppola's first choice. Gotcha. Because, like, you know, Brando just had was had star power, and he also was just such an intimidating... Pre- he had that... You know, Brando had a presence to him. Right, right. You know, like... like he is going to be a Don. Like, he, you bought him as the Don. And there's a great scene in the show, and that happened in real life, where they went over to Brando's house. Oh, yeah? And they were talking about the Don, and he was had all the... He said, he's like, I think he should talk like this. Maybe he got shot in the throat. So that's why he talked like that. Oh, yeah? Imagine that Don got a bullet in the throat. That is tight. So that's why he talked like this. And then, just to show him, he just started improvising. He got a thing of shoe polish, because he had blonde hair like you. Oh, okay. And he put shoe polish in his hair to make it black. And then the cotton balls in his mouth, and he just morphed into Don Corleone. And then, like, you know, that just got Coppola's dick hard. Yeah, it's like, this is a character right <laughs> this here. Is, like, yeah. This is the Don. And just the Mafia got involved, too. It's Right, oh, that was, like, the best. I love that. The Mafia always was like, hey, we're going to get yeah, this but, show biz. Yeah, but that guy, that, we're, that character actor we are talking yeah. about in The Rum Diary, he plays Joe Colombo. Oh, the head of the Colombo family. Okay, and it also parallels the story of like what the mafia was doing at the time, while the movie was going on. Oh shit! And, okay, and you know Colombo started the the Italian American uh, civil rights group, <laughs> which was such a front. <laughs> right, right. And they were trying to get the movie shut down too. Oh shit! And then they compromised with the guy because Colombo respected uh, the producer. Right. Uh, the uh, you know he invited him over to read the script, and uh, he, he. Well, fucking like it wasn't Henry Kissinger involved in, in producing that movie too. I'm not sure. Anyway, but it was great. The compromise that Columbo came up with is just like don't use the word mafia. You can't use the word mafia. That's just, and he started saying stuff like. You know, because at that time, the Mafia was in power, and right. it was a real secret society. Yeah, yeah, The whole yeah. thing was you don't admit that the Mafia exists. Because <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. just rumor, like the Illuminati, like you right, can't prove right. or disprove it, like at that time. Even though everyone, yeah, yeah, even though yeah. everyone fucking knew, especially in the neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah, like everyone knew, but they didn't want to know, and no one could officially yeah. blow everything out of proportion. Yeah, but... Even Columbus is saying, like, it's invented by the FBI to keep the Italians down. <laughs> it's just something that not that doesn't fucking exist. And he talks like that. That's, <laughs> That's actually a good impression if you watch the show. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, so they compromised, and they took the word mafia, and the word mafia in the original script was only used one time. Shit, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So like, so we're like, okay, that's not a huge that's sacrifice. Funny. We can take it out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why do you... Yeah, it's better that they don't use it, because it's like, why say yeah. anything what's like right going on but in front I of I first you, you heard know? that on a podcast about The Godfather before oh. I saw the show. I heard okay. that story. And then I thought about it, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't recall the word mafia ever being used in The Godfather. Like, it's always called The Family, returning to yeah, The yeah, Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but like, but that's what they really called it. No, that's whatever. what that's what it is. No, what no really one it. would call it like, oh, this is for the mafia. No, it's for the family. Yeah, because like, I mean, you didn't work. For, you worked for like the family you worked for, or you're an associate. I mean, I know a little bit about this too. You're oh, not, like, we do. Really... We can go- talk all day about the mafia, about the mafia, especially your people's mafia. 
uh, yeah. My, Meyer Lansky, right? Like, Bugsy Siegel, Bugsy liked to fuck around a little bit too much though. Oh, that's what got him killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lansky was Lansky. I like because like he was smart about how he did everything, and he ran more like out like a more business. And he got, and he got so much yeah. respect out of the boys. Yeah, you know? yeah. And he was close with Lucky Luciano, very close with Luciano. Right. Like, you know, the right hand man, the accountant to the mafia, and there's a reason yeah. Lansky was able to die of old age and retire. Because he made so much money for everyone. He kept his fucking mouth shut. Right. Yeah. And that's all you got to do. And Lansky like, gave Siegel, it was like, protected Siegel as much as he could. Right. Until he couldn't. Yeah, and then it was just like, hey, yeah. it's out of our hands. This is like one, two, three strikes. Benny's out of his fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he, he was right in the long run. Vegas did pay off. Yeah. <laughs> and even in the movie uh, Bugsy... Which, yeah. I, which is underrated. Um, right. It's Ben Kingsley's Meyer Lansky. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. I didn't. I didn't, Yeah, I could. I could buy him as uh, Meyer. Well, the reason I, I, like I didn't really was. buy. It. I didn't really buy him as Meyer too much. But like you know, for that movie, mm-hmm. you know, he's barely. He barely has. Yeah, he just shows up and is like gone for. And a it couple shows minutes. the relationship they have. Yeah, exactly. So it's necessary in that sense. I could buy it if he was like. A, like really, really, really like heavily involved in the movie. Then I'm like, yeah. Eh, and it's like, I, I feel like Boardwalk Empire had the best Meyer Lansky and Lucky Luciano. Oh my gosh, I think those two, co- those two, like were perfect to yeah. play those parts. Especially the guy that plays Meyer. Yeah, hundred like, percent. He's like a smaller guy. He's like a smaller guy. He and just had that wit about him. <laughs> yeah, I, but, yeah. But, but I, I don't like the kid that plays Bugsy Siegel. <laughs> He's just, he was not... I can't bu- remember who, like, I can't remember who played Bugsy in that. The, the guy that played Bugsy was the fucking, the guy that plays the husband in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Really? Yeah, it's that actor. Okay. I mean, huh. he, I mean he's nuts. Like, he plays yeah. nutty and just unpredictably violent, which, you know, Siegel was, right. was. It's just, I don't buy him his bill. He's, like, too, he's too thin. Really? And, like, a little bit scrawny. Gotcha. And, and Siegel was kind of, you know... An intimidating dude. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he's Bugsy, is I mean, because he's just or, like nuts, though. Or like know? Mickey, or Mickey Cohen. Yeah, the, yeah. The king of, and the king of, uh, the king gangster of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a boxer. Right. He was a prize-winning boxer. Yeah, and well, but he played a good, he played a, uh, Mar- Harvey Keitel played a good, uh, uh, Meyer Lansky, yeah. No, no, he was well, yeah, great Meyer Lansky, but he also was. Oh, he did. He played Mickey Cohen. He was Mickey Cohen on Bugsy. I didn't. Oh, I have to watch that yeah. again. They need to do another one with um, because they. What and was then that? Sean Penn. Sean they, they Penn was. Like, uh, what do you think of Sean Penn? In as Gangster. Mickey I, oh, Cohen. Sean. <laughs> Sean Penn is like great. Is uh, I think is like pretty much everything he's done. Um, but yeah, I yeah I could watch that movie probably just to watch Sean Penn like play like the a character in it but for whatever reason i thought like that movie was like a fictional version of like mickey cohen it was yeah well look at it that story is not that i know it's not true but like but but i was like but i remember i was like hey mickey cohen and the guy that played joe columba a character actor he's in that movie too Really? Huh. Well, I know that like, there wasn't really a gangster squad or anything like that, but I was like, hang on a second. Because, like, I was like, is there? Because I was like, I was, that movie made me think to myself, I was like, wasn't there a really a Mickey Cohen? And I'm like, I know he wasn't this guy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, like, for that movie. Mickey Cohen was, that the fact that he was a gangster or lived in that hotel. Yeah, dude. Like, was the only true. Thing. Right. Like, and like the business he had, like you yeah, know, the, prost- yeah. the prostitution brothel and the gambling. Right. 
Did, have they ever done the a real movie though on like Mickey Cohen? Is there one? No, that's, like, not that I could. He was always a character in something else, but they yeah, never made like a solo movie. Like even Mickey Cohen is involved in talking in L.A. Confidential, which is one of my favorite. Yeah, that's the, right. Which is a like, great like, movie. L.A. Confidential. L.A. Confidential. That is cast a great is one. great. Yeah, yeah. Fucking um. But no, I need to. I'll have to research more about and, Mickey Cohen. Uh, Kurt Russell's character, here's a fun fact, Kurt Russell's character, that detective, kind of like a bull in the china shop dude, like, talks with his fists. You yeah. Know, he, he hated, like, women beaters, so he beat the fuck out of that. That wasn't Kurt Russell, that was, uh... Um, no, 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 the, Russell uh, Crowe. Russell Crowe. It's, yeah, that was Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe's character was based yeah. on Sterling Hayden. Okay, yeah, 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 I've heard of this name. A- actor in the 40s, and he also was in The Godfather, he was the cop that Michael shoots in the Oh, movie. yeah, that's right. That's Sterling Hayden. And also, he made some of the great film noirs yeah. of the 40s and 50s. Great noir actor. Yeah, yeah. he was in Asphalt Jungle, uh, Crime Wave, which was uh, Charles Bronson's first movie. That's a great... I don't know if I've seen that. I'll that's, have to check it that's out. My fi- that, it, that character in Crime Wave that he, Sterling Hayden plays is the key inspiration to Kurt Russell's character because he plays the same bull in the china shop kind of... Gotcha. Rough around the edges... Yeah, cop, yeah. Like, not quite a dirty cop, but a cop that doesn't play by the rules. Yeah, that yeah. Kinda... It's like, you know what, you got out of line, so you cross this path. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take my badge off and so my badge. It's like what exist. happened to him? He fell. <laughs> it's like Yeah, that would be a that'd be a great film to I would love to see a movie about Mickey Cohen. Like a solo movie about Mickey Cohen. See I would too, because again I don't know a whole lot about that cat other than like yeah. whenever they did the movie because it's also a movie about you know, old Hollywood yeah because he ran old Hollywood it's 1141 that's 141 alright so how much time we got we got like a couple more minutes a couple or... more minutes alright um shoot oh man I know this is fun yeah it's fun like I hate oh man I'm like, now I'm like out of water and stuff <laughs> drink hint people Remember, <laughs> fuck liquid death. I hate that shit. Oh, you, man. You that know? was so misleading. I thought it was an energy drink. Well, it is, man. Like, here's how we're going to talk bad about it. Because I think, I feel like it is a, like an energy drink. But then people get it because it's like, oh, man, bad. It has, like, death in it. You're not selling me on anything. You're trying to make it look like either it's, like, you know, an Arizona iced tea. Drink that instead of uh, liquid death. And it's a water. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but it's water. And it's, but it's, like, it doesn't have anything in there. It's, like, he, and, like, the whole idea is, like, kill your thirst. That's just a bullshit thing, and it's a can, and they sell it for like three something. It ain't in a beer. It's just yeah. the regular water. We've all been through this and before. Whenever they had original bottled water, I'm sorry, to interrupt, yeah. but I'm just gonna have to rant on this. I mean, we, I grew up whenever like bottled water when they were trying to sell us bottled water and everything like that. And I, I saw through that scam then. I mean, again, like well, if no. you're gonna drink something, drink hint. Look, there's no calories, there's no nothing. This is what Pocahontas would drink. Beautiful Persian women and all this. Yeah, I definitely hated it a lot more until I realized like why liquid death comes in the can. Why is that? It's for the environment. I know that. So there's not much more plastic Well, exactly. I just commented on that a second yeah. ago. I know that's why it comes in a, and for a that, can. Is and for, for that, that, I give props. Yeah, a little but bit. But they, but they still charge it, more money. It's a can. Yeah. It's recyclable. It's, you know it's, what? Find another scam. You're trying to do some good and you charge <laughs> people. That's like people out here in California when you go to like a, a hospital or whatever. It's like they're trying to be like all liberal and shit, but you have these like Republican prices. Like, God forbid, they can give you an orange blanket because the kid is general neutral. 
but again, <laughs> they'll charge you like 120 bucks for glasses or something. So you ain't fooling me. You ain't doing good. It's like you just any other like politician or anyone else trying to play a scam. I'm pretending to do good. Look at this good I'm doing. You ain't doing no good. You're just jacking off. You get telling yourself you're being laid. You know, bullshit someone else. Anyway, that's just my reality for the people listening. So right. all that. <laughs> um, so let's continue some other reality and finish with this. So what do you think is like I don't know a pretty good movie that people should watch? I I don't know. I mean I feel like people should always see Jaws. I love that for the summertime. When yeah. you're talking about horror, I was thinking just because how crazy I am. I watched the movie Jaws and I actually want to go in the ocean and go swimming. I'm like, their likelihood of me being really attacked by a shark is rare. Whole, but that, I could, was, that was a horror movie that really changed the image yeah, of Yeah, people were like, I ain't going it to was the, the first, ocean. It was, a box, it was the first bo- summer blockbuster as a horror movie, which was fantastic. And it gave so much legitimacy to horror movies. Yeah. You know? Because well, the horror it, movies aren't really... It, take, and then the one that, like, oh, this could happen. This does happen. People do get eaten by sharks. Yeah, because like... Tra- it's like a real monster. Yeah, no, like, try to deny it. Like, that can't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was based off of a true uh, event. No shit! Yeah, People yeah, get yeah, eaten yeah. by sharks. No, you don't know this? Like, there was a shark... People think it was really a bull shark, because, like, bull sharks can go into fresh water. I think great whites are known to go into a little bit but they can't really go but anyway there was a shark that like had killed a couple people on the beach in New Jersey in the mm-hmm. 20s and then it went into a, like a creek you know that led into the ocean but like it went up like a creek like a couple miles or something like that and it killed a couple people in the creek and then but again like it's it was definitely either a bull shark or a great white because those are like uh, highly aggressive and people we actually consider a bull shark to be the most aggressive or most dangerous oh, yeah. more so because it can go into fresh water but they're also aggressive where people will be standing in like water and they'll be like, who in the hell is this with this like leg right beside me? And they'll just jack somebody because they get annoyed. <laughs> they're like me if I was a shark. I'm like, you're just too close. And yeah. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take that yeah, leg. Uh, my film recommendation is like a really underappreciated movie with Robert De Niro and Mickey Rourke. Uh-huh. It was in the early 90s. I just rewatched it last night. It's a horror film noir. Which is a rare, like you don't really see those two together too often. That is a good one, and it's called Angel Hearts. Oh, I love that movie. You can find it on Amazon Prime. It's such a good watch. You got De Niro, you got Mickey Rourke in his prime, Mm -hmm. and I can't say too much about it without spoiling it. It's like one of those movies. So Lenny Kravitz's wife is in it, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, uh, she's beautiful in that oh, movie. Oh, yeah, so is Zoe Kravitz. Dude, it's I saw so, that Batman the movie. The ending oh is so fucked up. Like, what this Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. It's so, uh, we can't give it all away. Right, dude, right. Because you, you gotta let them watch it. But yeah, Angel Heart on Amazon Prime. If you want a good horror movie, that's the, uh, it's not really horror until like halfway through. It's more of a film noir. Uh, yeah, definitely give it a true. watch. It's worth your, it's worth an hour and 30 minutes. Hell yeah, man. No, I love movies that are, like, not really horror, but have horror undertones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, this is a horror movie, but it's just, right, like, right. It, no, I know horror that. doesn't catch up to it. Uh, it's, like, and it's weird, and it gets weird with voodoo. Yeah. Voodoo's involved, Satan worshipping. Right, right. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be my film recommendation. All right. All right, uh, Luke, I'm I gotta get out of here. Yeah, yeah, and I gotta get busy with some other stuff too. Guys, thank you for watching Nosotros Trabajamos Duro. You've been here with director and comedian Brent Buddha. Uh, check out the Buddha, Buddha Belly podcast. Anything else you want to mention? Yeah, here you? Uh, you can check out my award winning short, Last Call, on YouTube. It's called Last Call by Brent Buddha. And that's it. Yep. All right, guys, adios.
Arrivederci. <laughs> All right, yeah, we gotta we gotta leave like right fucking now. We gotta go now. I'm serious. Like we gotta leave. All right, right. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> you know what I'm referencing right there, don't you? Jurassic Park. Yep. We gotta go. We gotta get out of here. We gotta get out. Of here. Let's go. Faster, please. <laughs> Hope you've, excuse me, I hope, you all, I hope you all have enjoyed that podcast there with Brent Buddha. Check out his movie, I have the link there in the uh, description and all that. But yeah, man, we had a great time, um, uh, you know, talking about movies, stuff like that. Brent's been a good friend for almost a year now, I'd say. Met him through comedy, like, uh, you know, a lot of great people you've probably seen on the podcast. Um, yeah, he always had, like, you know, a good vibe about him good interest in movies so we've always had like you know a chat and stuff like that kind of expand with one another but the thing was when I first met him this was the same with my best friend too it's like a lot of the people that like I don't like at first end up becoming like my best friend or like a really close friend later on and I remember I was doing a show and like one of the people who was managing that show was like hey you care if my friend Brent Buddha comes on I'm like man I don't know who this is and whatnot but I'm like kind of also like you know who am I to shy away someone's stage time Brent comes on, he does his thing, I'm like, oh, you know, I, you know, I dug the cat, we got along really well, and, you know, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Ah. As you can see, we're drinking on the Coronas right now, the Kawamas, as uh, we went about in the last podcast, you're down in Mexico City and all that, you can get the 40 ounce, you know, just bring the bottle, and they refill that thing up, man. Good stuff, you gotta love Mexico. Ah, oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. Yeah. Brent and I both got a couple film things coming up. <laughs> um, we didn't really get it on uh, big on the subject of it, but he's been doing um He's going to do a couple things. Uh, well, let's just say he's going to be a production assistant on something that you'll probably be watching on a online streaming source. Let's just say that. <laughs> and of course, I'm just enjoying some good, good reefer right here. It's been a busy day after the podcast, kind of relaxed for like about 10 minutes, and I was like, ah, I gotta pull some weed, so that's what I did. Now I'm, you know, had a good swim, mellowing out, I'm gonna go do some editing, whatever else, gotta do more of the audiobook work, Bluesman, check it out, you can read it, audiobook coming soon. The uh, first chapter is available for free, you can listen to that. And then the rest of the book will be available here over the summer. I don't have an official release date yet other than summer 2022. So it's coming, people. It's coming. Just be patient. But I want to get to you soon, like hopefully here in June or early July when you're doing a lot of traveling. It takes place during the South, so I mean, again, you're going to love a lot of that blues music. Oh, man. Yeah, because to be honest with you, like, audiobooks help me with road rage more than most music. 
and that kind of surprised me the first time. I remember in West Virginia, I used to commute when I was engaged and everything. And like uh, Andy, she gave me a bunch of her grandmother's audiobooks and stuff. Well, not really a bunch. It was only three of them. They were both pretty good. Um, two better than like this one. Uh, like those two being Jurassic Park and then um, John Lacari's uh, The Night Watchman. Great stuff, man. I love I love both of those. The Jurassic Park audiobook's really good too. But anyway, when I like ride like two and a half hours drive and all that. I would just be so in tune with that audiobook, even if I would, there was like traffic and all that, I was like, I ain't even mad, man, <laughs> I'm more interested in this story, you know? So yeah, I've always loved audiobooks, especially with with uh, driving and all that. I love to read, too, that's why I have this book right here, what is this, Louis Lamorme, yeah, uh, one of the other roommates turned me on to him, uh, it's pretty good and stuff, this guy had, like, the author himself had a crazy life and all, so I just kind of put that there to represent, same with, uh, you know, Trusty bug of salt been zapping some bugs today. Listen. I put in some heavy duty kosher salt, Meyer Lansky style, like we were talking about there. Honor my Jew and Jewish brethren and all that, and I just been blasting. Oh, fuck the safety. You see all that, people? And dude, like, I, you know, that's like fucking like shotgun style, dude. I'm like. Flies are all kosher, in case, you know, there's, like, some people in Vietnam, <laughs> whatever, trying to, yeah, before they eat them bugs, you know, they want to be all kosher, blessed by the rabbi and stuff like that, hey, what are you going to do? The end of the world might be, look at that, see that fly right now? They like to come in after I shoot this thing. It's like they want to tempt death. Don't do it. And while we're talking about liquid death, don't drink it. Um, you know, there's nothing in the water or anything, as far as I know, that would cause brain damage, except you're probably already brain damaged if you want to drink it because you think you're a bad motherfucker. Anyway, um, don't be an alcoholic, but drink Corona if you know you ain't got, like, the disease. And guess what, people? It ain't a disease anymore. It's the coronavirus. There you go. Ain't no more alcoholism. Mm-mm-mm. There you go. But, but seriously, all joking aside, if you have, like, a problem, you know, go go see someone, talk to whatever. But, you know, if you want to live like Keith Richards and be happy, you know, do whatever. You know, just don't 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 drive the car. Don't don't be abusive. Yeah, and that's all you gotta do, man. You see what I'm doing? Like, look at this. This is a beautiful California day. We had a podcast. You and I were having a beautiful, wonderful conversation. I'm smoking this tremendous herb, and I wish I brought the package out because it's called Pinkies. That's right. If you've seen, um, what is it? Next Friday, I'm like Pinky got the Pinky, uh, and then Friday after next, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all good, baby. And, mm-hmm. I brought you all in, <sighs> listening to, um, what was it, oh yeah, Cashmere by the great Led Zeppelin, They're one of the best bands ever, I would argue the greatest band of all time, but you know what I'm saying, music is beautiful no matter what, so that's, that's what we want to talk about there, um, anyway, when I drove into California for the first time, just to let things know, that that was the song I was blasting, I was driving through the desert, as soon as I crossed that border, I cranked that shit up to 100, and I went 100 miles per hour. And I was looking when I stopped when I did because I got to an area where it was like, I thought they were going to be checking. My vehicle was stacked at the time, dude. It was just a bunch of luggage and stuff. But I was like, oh, no. It was like a border patrol looking thing. And it's like you go through, if you ever gone to a toll booth, it looked like that. But there was a dude in there and I looked at him and said, hi, how are you? And he just kind of looked at me and I drove right on through. I didn't pay any money. No, they didn't want any money or anything like that. But it was like, I guess I didn't look like I was smuggling anybody, but... If I would have saw that Subaru I was with, it looked like I could have been smuggling like 30 dead bodies and like 
cocaine in that. <laughs> you know what I, I mean, I mean like, when I was in um, Nashville, just driving through, I remember some woman like just caught a glimpse of my vehicle because guys, it was stacked to the inside, man. It was. I had that thing packed with so much, and like some woman just happened to look over, she's like, "Oh my god, yeah." Dude, I was going out there, like, uh, Oregon Trail style, bro. I was stacked to the nines, you know. Hey, man, I was making a big move in life. Mm-hmm. Next time I go on a big travel, I might take the podcast with me. Nosotros trabajamos duro on the road. And we'll do probably a lot of comedy, maybe, like, just check out some fun stuff. and I don't know, just have a good time, learn something. That's what I love about this podcast is we have a good laugh, but guess what? Guess we also get some education. We also have a little bit of education. I'm hoping to get some really cool guests on here in the next episode that are like more, you know, um, I don't know if they're doctor, doctors uh, necessarily, but you know, we'll have some people in there that got some uh, a good education on a lot of subjects. And yeah, we'll go from there, people. Um, since we talked about Black Sabbath and all that, I want to end this podcast with Black Sabbath. And Joey Diaz said this, and I'm going to say it too. You could put the title of this song on my headstone. Because as I said, as I drove into California listening to Led Zeppelin, Cashmere, driving 100 miles per hour in the Mojave Desert, like, I was clear. I was going in for the thrill of it all. So this song, The Thrill of It All, by Black Sabbath, get ready for this. And yeah, I'm glad you've been listening to Nosotros Trabajamos Duro. I'll see you. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.